welcome to Rethink, the podcast that explores the people and products shaping innovation and those designing for resilience, hosted by Philip Beer. Hello and welcome. Today's guest is Heidi Casper. She is the residential manager for Austin Energy's Green Building Program. She is also a licensed architect. Uh, Heidi, that is a brief introduction. Thank you for joining us today. If you can please share a little bit more about your experience and background. Sure. Um, well, well I'm, I'm, I'm an architect, architect by, by, by training. training. I did, um, wanted to be an architect ever since I was a little girl. <laughs> and um, eventually that led me to lead accreditation and um, getting involved with green buildings and then um, with the with the recession an opportunity opened up here at Austin Energy with their green building program and I jumped at the chance to to become involved so now I manage the residential rating teams here at Austin Energy and we develop and administer our own ratings. We get to have a hand in the energy code adoption process for the city. Um, we do lots of education. So I'll get to see a whole lot of things from the city perspective as as regards to sustainable uh, sustainability and sustainable homes and policy for the city. So you uh, talked about the recession. So that means you've been Austin Energy for almost 12 years? Um, I, 10 years, just 10 years. Yep. So the, the recession came, came slow to Austin and we recovered quickly, but yeah, I start I started with, I started talking to the utility in 2009 and then, and jumped on board in 2010. And what was the relevance between the recession and creating opportunity for you at Austin Energy? I, I, well, so the architecture firm I was working at um, was consolidating, and so it was, um, uh, I was given the choice of being laid off or moving to Dallas, and then Austin Energy had an opportunity that opened up around the same time, so it was just fortuitous, I think, that I was looking at my options because I, I love Austin and, and wanted to stay here. <laughs> I'm sure Dallas is great, too. Um, but but I had built a life here and my husband was here and that's where I wanted to stay. Mm. Well, you talk about holistic design and, and you reference the image that you uh, have where you show um, this like solar panels on one side of the home and on that same side of the home, it's unshaded windows. Um, yeah. So let's talk about holistic design. Uh, if you could please um, explain a little further. Um, what direction uh, you are taking holistic design um, and, and how we should think about it. Sure. So I think um, when you're when you're designing and administering rating systems, you're sort of forced into it. And I think for all of the the criticism the the rating systems get as being checklists or old news, we've been doing rating systems since the 90s. Um, that's one of the things that they're good at. Um, so you, somebody might come into this um, real interested in a new technology or um, coming at it from a different perspective like health or even resilience like we're talking about. And um, 
what the what the framework of a of a rating system allows you to do is make sure you don't forget all of the other things. Um, so in that instance with the solar panels, the number of folks that would look at that home and see green home because it has that sort of visible symbol of a solar panel, which is a fantastic technology, um, but then forgot the basics of good design where you want to have shading on on your south facing windows, not just from the energy perspective, but from comfort and glare. And um, the in that photo, the the shades are all drawn on those windows too. So they're not even working from a from a views or daylight perspective because there's too much um, heat and light coming through those windows. So I, I think that's, I, I've been struggling with um, looking at looking at new projects, looking at new technologies, and um, struggling with saying yes, but, and I'm trying to change that to yes, and. So a lot of these technologies or um, you know, 3D printed homes come to mind, have a re they're doing a really great job of solving some interesting problems. Um, and sometimes they can be made so much richer solutions. I think if we remember to have integrated design teams, if we remember to be open to other folks um, questioning how we might make those a richer solution by incorporating the other other areas as well. So it, seems, <laughs> it just seems like a good design 101 now, maybe we take it for granted that, that we shouldn't see these um, really what practical measures uh, um, that really yeah. don't cost anymore as far as window placement. But what are some other things, design flaws that we see in related in the light of energy efficiency, um, such as the south facing windows that are not shaded? Right. Um, well, so let's let's take that 3D printed home, right? That's doing a fantastic job of um being uh solving for labor shortages looking at issues of affordability and these are really big issues the, the these concrete printed homes can also be great from a res resilient standpoint it's not going to rot you're not going to be eaten by termites but yet concrete itself is a not a great insulator you could you could try and do something with mass perhaps but unless you're thinking about energy as well in that solution unless you're planning um for the insulation then you kind of miss the boat and you, you may end up with a home that was super affordable to build super resilient but is actually uncomfortable to live in what is your biggest obstacle um at austin energy in regard to um bringing all construction up to a level that still uh, allows uh, it's affordable to build in, in regard to a the math it's still profitable um, yeah but what's your biggest challenge uh, in, in, in getting all new and even some existing up to just a, a practical standard um, I, I think the biggest challenge is actually communication. Uh, oddly, um, the, when, so you have folks that are interested in doing this and those are the fun ones and those we get to learn from and, um, have lessons that we can hopefully propagate. 
Um, we also work with a lot of folks who are doing it for zoning reasons or because it, it was part of a string attached to affordable housing um, incentives. And for them, the best outcome, I'm always telling my team, the best outcome I want is at the end of the project for them to look back and say, oh, that wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. Um, maybe I learned something along the way and this, this project I'm actually pretty proud of. It, it's a really good one um, so that they're just less resistant. I think there's some, there's some fear of trying something that you haven't done before. There's a fear of how cumbersome it's going to be. There's just not exploring your options because we've always done it this way. There's a lot of we're doing it this way because we've all always done it that way. Um, I run into that, you know, everywhere from a contractor to an engineer. Um, I remember having a discussion with an engineer who was concerned about the sizing requirements um, for a project. We, we require them to use a manual J, manual S um, procedure. It's at, uh, the Air Conditioning Contractors of America. It's not not something we made up. This is the industry standard. And they were concerned with how the numbers were turning out. And so I asked him, you know, tell me about that concern. And he said, well, my apartment is smaller than that. And my system is larger than that. And it has trouble keeping up. And I said, well, let's, let's explore your apartment. I said, where is your apartment? And he says, in, in, in Dallas. And I said, when was your apartment built? in the 1980s. And I said, do you think that the brand new project you're building in Austin, and <laughs> I think this was a couple years ago, so in the in the 2016 or something, is, is really a good comparison to your 1980s apartment built in Dallas. And that was when the sort of light bulb went on, like, oh, yeah, hopefully we're building a better building so the mechanical system could also be different. So there's just, I think people get stuck um, and maybe it's just the pace of, um, uh, pace and pressure to do things quickly in, a, in our field that we, we get stuck in the way we've always done it. Just forget to <laughs> think that there might be a better way. And I, I'm guilty of that too. Mm -hmm. So you, you said that really uh, communication helps. Um, yeah. And Let's explore that just a little further. So communic communication within the construction team. Um, yeah, communication, communication with the construction, construction team. I think communication from the sustainability world in general. Um, I, I think we've done a really good job of expanding who's interested in this to a certain point. But if you stay sort of wonky in terms of talking about energy efficiency or climate change or, um, or building performance, you limit yourself. Um, and if you, and we're trying to evolve this right now, we actually have a, a seminar coming up next week called walk the talk. <laughs> we're, we're just trying to reexamine how we message this, how, how we get, a broader tent, more people engaged and interested in it. Um, so we, we've been looking a lot at the, the research that the U.S. Uh, Green Building Council has been doing with their living standard to say, okay, we, we really need to make this about people 
um, as much as it is about buildings. Um, how we're solving solutions for people um, through buildings. Um, so yeah. <laughs> changing it from being as building specific or as technology specific, but to make sure that we always have, always have a lens of how, how is this affecting people? Uh, how is it affecting their bills, their comfort, their everyday lives, their ability to afford a, a home, those kind of things. For these standards that really promote better building practices and uh, folded into that is better energy efficiency. Yep. Where do you feel the resistance lies in regard to builders who may just flat out be resisting the change? What, what do you think is underneath that? Um, so there, there's fear of cost. Um, there's uh, fear, fear of just change and and the the time investment needed to learn something new and then i think there's also ego um to to decide to do something better sort of admits that there's room to do better um if you <laughs> if if you decide that the homes you are building now are going to achieve a higher standard, then you have to admit that there's a higher standard for them to achieve and that that sort of um, requires um, a humble view of the work that you've already done. So I think there's a place to celebrate the work that you've done, um, but always still be looking for that next step. But yeah, I think I think sometimes ego can get a, a little bit in the way. And then just, yeah, that fear of this is going to cost more. This is going to take me time to learn something new. Um, while I'm learning something new, I might make mistakes. And those can be costly in building. The fear of learning something new. Uh, I think that's probably real in every uh, industry, in every profession. Um, and, yeah. And setting that ego aside. Mm. Before we wrap things up here, any final words or thoughts you'd like to share with those listening? Um, yeah, I, I think for me, it's um, the, f the final words I would, th would say is when you're innovating, make sure to keep a, a broad team. Um, don't, don't throw out the good stuff in, in the, in the search of, of that new, uh, new thing that you're working on. Um, the new things are necessary and good, um, but but you can create sort of flaws where they um, where your new idea suffers from um, from execution if it if it doesn't um, embrace the complexity of, of of a home. Like building buildings are complex and they take a lot of uh, parts and pieces to put them together and put them together well. Um, so. Yeah, solve for that problem, but um, make it make it integrated into the whole um, of that that building, and even greater if you can make it a part of that community or that neighborhood as well. So thinking at different scales. In Austin Energy, you help make this process. If a builder is considering a change, you make it as pain free as possible. If there is a builder listening and saying, "We want to." take a closer look at this or have a little bit of hand holding. How do they reach out yeah. to you? 
Um, so they, they're free to call, call us, um, uh, 512-482-5300, or we have, um, we have a website. If you just Google Austin Energy Green Building, um, you can find us there. See all of our, uh, rating guides are free and open, so you can look at them before you commit. <laughs> um, and then if you're here in Austin, we're, we're happy to just have folks uh, set up a meeting with us and come in. Thank you for listening to this episode of Rethink. Find a complete library of past episodes at iTunes or wherever you're listening to this.